Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk about pasta, manga, and the video game Hall of Fame. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of this week in geek where we can't say it's gonna be may because it is already may it is may (laughs) how are you doing kevin how has it been with you this past week uh it's been it's been going um i'm just uh taking my time trying to uh enjoy all the manga while while i'm reading it um my my two weeks at the escape room is coming coming up oh i was about Uh, to ask you my last shift is on wednesday so mm-hmm. I'm excited to officially call it quits, give myself a couple of weeks to like rest and relax. And then I go into my new job uh, where I'm a summer camp teacher. So Huzzah. yeah, uh, the cool thing is that it is um, it, it's a lot of curriculum writing, but it is a really cool way of me like giving myself like a couple of weeks and possibly like online streaming for the next couple of weeks of like hard training and learning a game mm-hmm. um cuz that is not something that you get to do every day so yeah. i might like for example like my absolute like weak point is fighting games i i think that i'm okay at them if i know like if i take my time to learn like a combo i can do it mm-hmm. but anything more than like trying to play like just get a couple of hits off, see if my like first hit connects and then go into a combo actually looks good. Um, so I need to like I have like a couple of people who are like in the fighting game community who are gonna like teach me. They're gonna be like, all right, today we're gonna learn about like this tactic. Today we're gonna learn about this tactic. And I'm like, okay, this is what we're messing with. So um yeah, that's what that's what I'm excited for. I just wanna see what I can learn and like what games I can get really, really good at. Um, and see like what really clicks with me and then what can I teach the students uh, heading into the actual camp week so mm-hmm. um, that's something I'm excited for and, and then what fighting also, game are you looking to teach them see now that that's the biggest question that we have right now um, a lot of people are telling me that I should learn and teach them Guilty Gear and Smash Bros because Smash Bros is probably the, the most common one right it's um, most accessible it's the most accessible. It's like a party game, but you could also take it competitively if you want. Um, but other people are also telling me like, hey, give them like a traditional 2D fighter. And I was like, it's going to be really tough for me to justify purchasing the brand new Street Fighter 6 <laughs> for like every computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, if we get a copy of Guilty Gear, uh, like that one, yes, it still is expensive, but like that's a traditional 2d fighter that has like a set scene um there's not going to be a lot of like updates or changes coming up in the future um Mm -hmm. it's more of just like learning a character having fun and like figuring it out 
Um, and that's one that like not a lot of the kids I don't think might know too well yeah. because I mean a lot of the kids probably will know Street Fighter already. So yeah, they're kind of they're learning a little bit. Yeah, and plus there's a lot more stuff that goes on in a game like Guilty Gear um, that could easily translate over to like some of those other 2D fighters. Um, and that's that's one thing that like I'm kind of excited to teach them. It's just like, hey, we're here to like kind of learn these tactics. Um, but it's not going to be as like repetitive or redundant as we had last year, which is something that I'm greatly excited to write like the curriculum for. And I hope that we can mm -hmm. get something cool like out of it. Uh, what about you, Matt? How's your week? How's everything going on your end? It's not been good. Oh, um, no. So I just in general, I'm very tired and work and rehearsals like i can barely think right now because i just came from rehearsal earlier but we are opening up um the show on friday so it's tech week for us now so please pray for me it's um it's it's gonna be an experience just troubleshooting we're in the theater space now every like the set looks really really good um but i mean i've started tech week on a bad foot already because i was late i was telling kevin I was late to rehearsal today because um, right when I was like, I was about to eat dinner before going. And then I looked over at my dog and I saw that he had like just shit everywhere, just like all over the backyard and he'd been stepping in it and spreading it everywhere. So it's on his paws. It's ground into like the tile. It's just spread everywhere. So I had to clean all that and I have to bathe him tomorrow because it was too cold at the time to bathe him and I didn't want him to be miserable in the cold. So that is that. Also yesterday, so I was supposed to have a date at the zoo at um America's Teaching Zoo in Moore Park at Moore Park College. And Kevin, like this this is really cool because like this college has a zoo on it that they teach people how to be zookeepers, which I mean it's a very 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 tiny zoo. Like I'd never been there before, but like they have like a lion and they have a tiger and they were both asleep when I went and plus like hyenas and stuff and monkeys in a reptile room. But it's like it's very, very small. They don't have an elephant. They don't have like giraffes or anything. But I think the, the point of this zoo is to teach people how to be zookeepers, which I think is a very cool program that not a lot of places have. Like, Kevin, how many how many schools can say that they have like a lion and a tiger? on them not not a lot uh maybe maybe the mascot <laughs> but like those don't count <laughs> yeah um so i went there yesterday and i said i was supposed to have a date because i got there and i waited for an hour and a half and she neither texted nor showed up despite the day before saying yeah i'm very excited for this and then radio silence so <laughs> Yep, that's that's just that was the start of my week, and let's just let's hope all of the um the bad juju is gone already, and the rest of the week will be fantastic. But I'm I'm not I'm not setting my hopes too high because if I keep my expectations low, I won't be disappointed. Anyway, let's get into the news of the week, Kevin. What do you think of pasta? I like pasta. Pasta's cool. What is your favorite kind of pasta? Um, cooked. Mm. That's uh, a very good kind of pasta. <laughs> um, that's actually a tough one because, like, I feel like every type of pasta has its like nuance. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that's what that's what makes pasta fun. Um, like, like a tortellini is pretty cool. 
Ooh, tortellini is delicious. Yeah, like if you have a, like a good like crab tortellini and like Alfredo sauce. Ooh, like, I've never had crab tortellini. I've had like just cheese tortellini. Yeah, something something like that. It that that sends you over. Hmm. Um, I think my favorite would, and this is very basic, but it's the chicken Alfredo penne pasta from Costco. That stuff is so good. I mean, whatever works, man. <laughs> Now, Kevin, how much pasta could you eat at one period of time? Oh God, I I usually go for like two, two like good servings, and then like I'm pretty full. Mm-hmm. I can maybe force three if I'm really hungry, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um. Now, Kevin, imagine that you are um you're walking in the woods late at night, and your phone is dead. Okay. <laughs> it, I, it, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> well, I was I was making a Shia LaBeouf joke, but like imagine okay. walking into the woods and you just find 500 pounds of pasta. Wait, what? 500 pounds like, of pasta just dumped I, in the woods. Is it cooked? No, but it's like it's not like dried pasta. It's not necessarily been cooked, but it, it is it's like it, the floppy pasta. It's out there. It's just out there in the woods. Five hundred. I, I, I would wait. It's just cold without sauce and just flaccid. I, I, I don't like that word. <laughs> Describing my pasta, flaccid. but, but it's it is just kind of weird. Like why would why is there why is there just pasta in the woods? Okay. So in New Jersey, some people walking in the woods found a, a mountain of spaghetti, ZT, and elbow macaroni just sitting there, and it was about 500 pounds of it in Old Bridge Township, New Jersey. And people were like, of course, people were like, why is this pasta here? Because that's not something you expect to find when you're walking in the woods. You'd sooner find actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf in the woods than, yep. um, than pasta. Um, and so eventually they, they did have to, it was cleaned up, everything went away um they had to make sure that they cleaned it up very quickly because even though pasta seems like kind of like a relatively benign thing to litter in the woods there's stuff in the pasta like the the flour everything that is upsetting the ph balance of like the river water and everything and like the the ground so like they had to get rid of it and it was also like like it was found literally right by a creek so whatever residue from the pasta was flowing into the water and was possibly going to kill a lot of animals and just destroy the ecosystem so they got it out what eventually they figured out was was that um an old couple had recently died and the son of that old couple was just getting rid of like everything in their house and apparently the old couple had stocked up on 500 pounds of pasta because of covid and then he just kind of okay. dumped it out into the woods. And then, yeah, it got into the stream. And because there was a lot of rain and being in the woods next to the stream, the pasta absorbed all the water and swelled up. And although it wasn't cooked, it looked like it was cooked because it was all flaccid. <laughs> got it. That's still a lot of pasta. That's 500, 500, pounds. 500 pounds of pasta. That's you could you could feed somebody with that, let alone like 
like probably a couple hundred people with 500 pounds of pasta. Oh yeah, like considering like for for an, an average adult maybe like a quarter pounder of like a quarter pounder sandwich is like decent enough for a meal like you'll eat it and you won't be hungry anymore you might not feel satisfied yeah. but you're not going to be starving anymore so like multiply that and, and again i'm not counting like the bread and everything on there but like a quarter pounder with cheese multiply that by four so you could feed two thousand people with that amount of pasta yeah that, that's doable like what would your first thought be if you just walked in the woods you found like pasta just mountains of pasta. I'd be like, I was lied to my whole life. I thought <laughs> pasta was made with flour and, and water and egg. It, I didn't know that it grew in the wild like this. <laughs> Freshly picked pasta. The Italians were Freshly, lying to us the entire yeah, time. Yeah, they, they were like, it's a craft. It's something that takes years to master. And they're like, just like, no, nah, I, I just pick it from my backyard. I'm like, I, I need one of those plants in my house. So it does grow on trees. Yeah, don't lie to me. <laughs> Pasta grows on trees, confirmed. All right, so let's let's leave the pasta in the woods for now. Um, moving forward, um, you know that the writer strike is going on, right, Kevin? Yeah. The so if you don't know, the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, and um. A bunch of other unions are supporting them too, like SAG after the Screen Actors Guild and the American Film, Television, and Radio Association. I think that's what AFTRA is in SAG AFTRA. They used to be two different unions, but they merged together. Um, but the Writers Guild is striking because they want better wages, they want better working conditions, they want to prevent studios from relying on AI, which would essentially rob them of their jobs. Um and they're striking. And so the, the other guilds are supporting them. If you've seen some of the, the demands that the writers have, they're not unreasonable. And if you see the responses that the studios have given them, they're kind of unreasonable. Because like if you look at some of the um, the residual checks, and a residual is what you get when you're a writer and an episode of your that you wrote plays on TV or plays on streaming, every single time it plays or someone watches it, you get a little bit of money back. Um with the advent of streaming services, the studios have been able to kind of circumvent previously agreed to um, negotiations so that they don't really have to pay the writers as much as they were expecting to be paid. And now it's gotten to the point where like a residual check for a writer is going to either it's three cents. I've seen photos of che residual checks that are three cents and some that are like zero cents. So honestly, Kevin, it's costing the studios more to mail them those checks than they are paying the the, the writers, which is mm. really stupid. And then among the other um the other demands that some of the writers have is like to not use AI to write scripts because again mm. that takes them other job. And like as just as a writer and as an artist, there's no art in using AI. There's nothing there. Like some yeah. people's like they're saying like you can oh you can use it as a thought starter, but like okay, but then you didn't come up with an idea. You had a computer come up with an idea for you and you just polished up the details. That's not that's not writing. That's not art. And of course, so like I said, this writers want studios to say, hey, we'll not touch that. We're not going to use that. We're just going to rely on our writers. In response, 
to that demand, the studio said, oh, no, we don't want to. We're not going to say that. But what we'll do is we'll have an annual meeting to discuss and like workshops to discuss the uh, the advances and dangers of AI. We can do that for you. We can have an annual meeting. So, of course, the writers are, are not happy with that at all. Um, and And moving on to what I'm actually talking about today, because the writer strike has been going on for two weeks now. That's bad. And, and we've been talking about AI before, but another place that AI is potentially going to be used, which may lead to another strike is with um, voice acting and, and actors voices. So apparently Hollywood studios are looking into um claiming the rights to an actor's voice to be used in perpetuity to essentially claim the rights to recreate the actor's voice for other performances. So um, per the New York Times, they they ran an article where they had some actors look into some contracts that were, they, they were in the process of signing, like they're negotiating their, their newest jobs and newest roles. And, for example, for Netflix, in their new contracts, they have some language that says the company would a be able to simulate an actor's voice by, all quote, all technologies and processes now known or hereafter developed throughout the universe and in perpetuity. And just looking at that language again, it's it, it just sounds so stupid. Yeah. Uh, all technologies and processes now known or hereafter developed throughout the universe and in perpetuity, are we expecting aliens to give us like <laughs> they're gonna give us making AI. technology? They're like, gonna come down, they they helped us build the pyramids, they're gonna come back down and help us make movies. Ugh. And this, that's just that's on top of being unethical, I think that's also very scary because it's like mm -hmm. if you're signing that, then pretty much you have anything you say will be like downloaded by Netflix and they can just make a movie with your voice without you. And they can just mm -hmm. do that for forever. So then artists no longer really are necessary to make art. You just have a computer write the script. You have a computer synthesize all the voices. You have computers deep fake everything and AI generate and procedurally generate everything mm -hmm. to the point where just, Art is now another commodity. There's there's no craft to it. It's just plug and play by computer. So that's terrifying. Yeah. Like theoretically, Kevin, they could take all hundreds of the recordings that we've done for this podcast synthesize our voices and then just in perpetuity have us ramble forever about anything that they wanted you know i hope that they keep it within the same realm <laughs> just not, um, not have us talking about like football which i know nothing yeah, about i don't know football um they 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 wear helmet they hit each other kind of hard and concussions happen now basketball, I'd be okay with the, uh, them having us talk about that because I do like basketball. Yeah, I'm I'm down to discuss the the finals. I mean the or the the series Lakers that's going on Warriors, right now. Though Lakers it, it's, Warriors, it, it's a good one. It, it's it's a good two, series. Two to one. We're up. We're up. No, you're up three one now. You oh, won, you won tonight. <gasps> I didn't know we were playing tonight. A yeah. A yes. so we're the, Steph Curry now. A he, he's uh 
he's still there. It's just we need other people to step up. <laughs> but um, <sighs> yeah. I mean, overall, just like yeah, we we could we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so moving on. So I'm going out of order of the notes page here, but like, Kevin, um, what, I I know the answer to this obviously, but I'm gonna ask ask you the question anyway, just to go with the flow of what I'm thinking. But Kevin, do you consider video games to be art? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the, I, I yeah. feel like all all games have like a specific like vibe to it, so I do think that you know it is <laughs> it is art for sure. Okay. Uh, now, um, leading into this game, I'm going to talk about. Did you ever hear about the movie Loving Vincent? The movie Loving Vincent. Yes. N- no. Okay. So Loving Vincent came out, and I believe 2018, and it had been production for a very long time because it was an animated film that they made using like every single frame was a painting. Oh. Oh, is this the one that's like? It, it, they hired like a ton of artists to like yep. do it in the style of Van yep. Gogh. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So they, like Kevin just said, they hired a bunch of artists and like, of course they used some like rotoscoping and stuff too. So they had some help, like they filmed each scene and then a bunch of artists like took every single frame and they painted every single frame in the style of artist Vincent Van Gogh. And like, just as a side note, that's it. like people say Van Gogh because American, British, English, like we don't speak. I think he was a, Dutch? I don't remember his nationality, but um, Van Van Gogh is the actual proper pronunciation of his name, even though we all just say Van Gogh. But anyway, uh, the reason I, I say that is because th- that is the the most similar comparison I can think of to this game that I found um, that is currently, um, I think it's on pre-order or wishlist on stream, but it is called Scarlet Deer Inn. Have you heard of this, Kevin? Uh, I, I've seen the reason why it's trending but i haven't seen a lot of the gameplay so it's an action adventure game which i think doesn't it's i don't think it has any combat in it i think it's mostly like exploring and adventuring but the reason why that it's trending as kevin said is because every like all the art and like every single frame every single movement was done through embroidery so like every single character frame and movement some artist and you can see this in the trailer for the game like they embroidered all the character models and art and everything. So this entire game is pretty much made through embroidery, um, which is a very interesting like medium to do because like with, with animation and film, like it makes sense that you would make a film out of paintings at some point in the history of animated film. Right. Kevin, like that, that seems like a natural thing to do if you wanted to to differentiate your film and make a film about an artist but like embroidery in a video game doesn't seem like a natural fit but it looks beautiful yeah and uh it it's the same kind of vibe that i got when like people were starting to talk about cuphead for the first time right uh, right where like everybody was like okay this this art style is really good um and it's really unique to the way how the game plays and I feel like this is kind of the same, same uh, like road where this is a very interesting style of like drawing your character sprites, mm-hmm. and I think that it would help out later down the line once we like seeing once we see how this game is played out and how the characters, um, you know, interact and whatnot. If this game becomes really big, you could imagine like the little clothing sales that will go on, oh like God. literally embroidery. 
um on like a polo shirt or something like that and you can get your characters like this right and like just even even just looking at it now it's not it doesn't have any release window it's still just in in pre-order but like i can see this game really making a a can being a contender for art design or art direction because of just how it looks and just how unique that embroidery angle of it is um like i said there's no there's no release date announced for it yet um it's created by the developer atsu games um and it's described as an action adventure game with an emotional story dark underground full of monsters and a setting inspired by slavic folklore it follows the protagonist elise who's a mother of two with nothing particularly special about her that gets thrust into a dark and mysterious adventure that has her platforming through the monster-filled underground so i'm gonna keep watch on this game i don't think i'll ever be able to play it because it looks like it's I mean, if it's on Steam, it's probably going to be PC. Maybe it'll get ported to like Switch or something, and at which point I'll probably, if it's good, I'll pick it up and play it because it, I think that art like this deserves to be supported because they are taking a risk and they're doing something really cool that's not been done before by my reckoning. Um, Moving on, quick update on Activision, Blizzard King, and Riot. So apparently both of these companies in the wake of all of their sexual harassment stuff have been subject to class action lawsuits by their employees. And the latest news is that they have um, been forced to pay, pay out to these employees. So um, more than one th- or what's the actual number? Um, according to uh, Eurogamer, which is reporting from Axios, they said that, 1,548 women um, from Riot have been given payments ranging between $2,500 and $5,000 for their harassment. And at Activision, hundreds of employees are receiving payouts for their own individual settlements. Um, Riot's, the the lawsuit in Riot's case could also have them paying $40,000 extra depending on the employee's status and their tenure at um riot so in activision they're said to be making payments ranging from five to six figures to the hundreds of people who opted in the class action legal dispute including anyone who worked for blizzard activision blizzard since september 2016 based on the eeoc's assessment and based on the EEOC's assessment, could assert a claim for sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, retaliation, and or discharge by the defendants. Um, according to Activision, they've already distributed nearly all of the $18 million that were set aside for this, and any leftover funds will be donated to nonprofits. So it's I don't think that this is really a lot considering what they've done and how long it's been going on, but it's a step. I don't honestly think that like this is going to impact riot and ABK too much financially. Um, I don't know if it will encourage them to make sure that it doesn't happen again. One would hope, but I don't, I think that without maybe without a stronger punishment, and it's just gonna be like, okay, we got slapped on the wrist, back to business. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like 
there's there's really not that much that's really correcting the the behavior and if anything this is more of like a yeah pay up to to people and we'll just call it a day it it really shouldn't there there has to be some sort of like actual repercussions for uh for doing stuff like this and i mean it could also hurt them in the wallet later because with this still continuing to happen uh people who may support these companies might just back off and not support mm -hmm. it um but if anything, they're they're hurting their their image more than having to pay financially for it. So right. that's uh that I guess that's a trade, but it's still like it's still really a slap on the wrist until there's something else that follows it up. Right. Sometimes like the reputation or like the damaged image in the court of public opinion can be more impactful or more harmful to a company than like anything that the legal system could do. Because like if people just like would stop buying their games over time that leads up to like more investor panic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like this fund is probably paid out of like the coffers that Activision Blizzard King and Riot have like stocked up over the years. So maybe they might, I don't, I don't know how their financials work, but it, they might not feel it as much in the investor side, but if like games are not selling, that's when investors are, are getting worried and upset. So Hopefully this causes them to change their ways, but I'm not holding my breath on that. So, Kevin, um, last story for me and last video game thing for me. Um, the 2023 Video Game Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. Um, do you know the which games were inducted? Nope, not at okay. all. Okay, okay, okay. So let me let me run through these real quick. Um, the nominees that were available for this year's um Video Game Hall of Fame awards were uh, Wii Sports, Whoa. GoldenEye, Ooh, Quake, okay. Quake nice. Age of Empires, mm. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, FIFA, Angry Birds, <laughs> NBA 2K, okay. um, The Last of Us, all the way from 1996, Barbie fashion designer. All the way from 1981, Wizardry. And the first commercial video game, Computer Space, from 1971. Okay. So in order to, for, for these games to be, to move on, I guess there's a, there's a round of voting that people could vote um, once per day for the games that they wanted. And the three games that received the most public votes were submitted to a ballot that would be going up against the top three votes from the members of the National Selection Advisory Committee. Um, and on May 4th, which was Star Wars Day, which was four days ago for us, um, the four games that were inducted were announced. Now, I'm going to run through these games again, Kevin, and you let me know which four you think were picked. All right? You made the list. Okay. Okay. So, Wii Sports... Goldeneye, Quake, Age of Empires, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4, FIFA, Angry Birds, NBA 2K, The Last of Us, Barbie Fashion Designer, Wizardry, and Computer Space. No, or the first 
five again. Okay, the first five were Wii Sports, Goldeneye, Quake, Age of Empires, and COD for Modern Warfare. Mm. People say COD or COD. I've always heard it as COD. Yeah. Okay. All of these have a very niche spot, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, Quake is kind of like the pioneer of like movement shooters. Yeah, so, yeah. It was like Doom before Doom. Yeah. And multiplayer. That was another mm-hmm. thing that like Quake gave. So I'm inclined to put Quake on there. Okay. I'm I'm also leaning towards Wii Sports just for the sake of like it being very innovative for its time and also still being a game that people play today. Oh yeah. Um like, I, I've told you I think I've told you before, Kevin, but like there's a whole league of like esports for old people who do Wii bowling. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, so for sure I would put that on there. Um hmm. The later ones, I mean computer space is like historical. Yeah, like the a first historic ever commercially available video game. Mm. Or computer game. I feel like a lot of these were big during their time, but I don't know if it would push beyond being like in into video game hall of fame territory you know Mm -hmm. um like this is the stuff that we like leave for the next generation to figure out or like what we decided on okay quake so so far i have quake we sports i i think i have to go for the meme I think Barbie fashion designer has got to be on there. Um, purely for meme. Purely like it It must have something important if it's on the list, right? Like so it, it, the reason why it's on the list is because it emerged at a time when many games were marketed to male players and it proved that a computer game that was for girls could succeed selling more than 500,000 copies in two months. So it's notable because it was a commercially successful video game for girls in a time where girls didn't really weren't weren't considered to be gamers at all. But they couldn't. Okay. (laughs) So they didn't, they didn't consider that it could have just been guys who wanted to like be in fashion either. (laughs) They're just like, no, we'll see. We'll see how the Barbie movie does in a couple months. True. But that was what, that was the reason why it was nominated is because interesting. it, It, pretty much set the tone for girls can play video games okay hmm i think i have to put computer space on there now now that it's like more of a historical pick um okay so what is it uh we sports quake barbie fashion designer and computer space final answer the final answer you got three out of four right. Which one do you think you got wrong? Oh, I hope it's Barbie fashion designer. <laughs> it was actually Quake. Instead of Quake, it was The Last of Us. So okay. I already explained Barbie fashion designer. I already explained Computer Space as the first commercially available yeah. video game. Um, Wii Sports because it pretty much 
it, it introduced motion technology into people's homes with um with the Wii. Wii and it helped it was a major selling point for the Wii and it helped yeah. sell them more than a hundred million consoles worldwide. Um so that was big for them. And for The Last of Us, um it's because it more than two hundred publications named it game of the year. It has its very successful HBO adaptation. Um it had a very strong story and it was just a very memorable game that has a huge impact on society still like people still play the Mm -hmm. game people still talk about it we still have the show we have the season two coming eventually so um yeah those are our four inductees to the strong museum national museum of play in new york for the world video game hall of fame 2023 barbie fashion designer the last of us we sports and computer space that's crazy uh, yeah, I I would have definitely thought that Quake would be going through, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. sure, Last of Us has a huge cultural like impact like now, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Quake does make sense considering it was like the beginning of like FPSs, but yeah, maybe next year or some other yeah. year. Yeah, we we still have time. I don't I don't know if they have the Baseball Hall of Fame rule where it's like. You could only be in there for like nine times and then mm. you'd either be inducted or not. So I hope it doesn't fall through. Alrighty. So I guess we're hopping over to my weird stuff for the week. Uh we're actually gonna open up with some of this Valorant news. Um have you ever had to forfeit a match before, Matt? Ever playing in a competitive space? Have you ever have you ever had to FF for any reason? I think yeah, yeah, I have. And like what it's usually something that's like important, right? If you had to FF, right? Yeah, like something like for example, my dog is just pooping everywhere and I have to go clean it up immediately. Something like that. <laughs> there you go. Um Yeah, uh something very, very weird happened in VCT over in the Hong Kong Taiwan region. Um there was a match between S2 Esports and Ghost Commandos. Um, where they were scheduled to play and uh, and play against each other. Um, however, one of the players on Ghost Commandos failed to report the or failed to uh, update their game um, back to the uh, tournament client or the tournament uh, patch. So usually you have somebody who does that for you. Um, mm. But uh, what... After after they figured it out, uh, what what do you think the reason is for uh for this quick FF? Uh like you think someone like slept in? You think it was like they they just, they failed to update a patch? But what was what was the basic reasoning behind it? <laughs> Did they run out of computer memory? Oh. Um... Not quite. <laughs> I guess you could say that they ran out of like physical brain memory. Um, oh, the the <laughs> the player failed to uh, update their game because they were too busy playing Honkai Star Rail, which is that new, <laughs> which is that new uh, <sighs> Hoyoverse, you know, Genshin Impact game. Uh, 
Honkai Star Rail. And uh, they were like, yeah, we just forgot to <laughs> update it. And by the time that the update finished, they were forced to forfeit both games. Um, so oh, that's uh, painful. That, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, they they had to play the game literally like I think it was a couple days after release. Um, so they were like, "There's no way you dodged an entire match because one of your players forgot to update the patch." Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, we kind of we kind of forgot." And it's like you can't forget on game day. That that's bad. Um, but yeah, how do you not check that? Um, but yeah, that is that is the joke right now. Um, if anybody is like ffing or is not showing up to their game they're like oh they must be playing honkai star rail um <laughs> so um that's that's a joke that's been going around um hopefully they won't uh ho- hopefully that player is okay and uh hasn't like completely dove into the gotcha game but uh we we won't know um to this day i still heard that they're uh pat like still updating the patch so we'll see <laughs> um but yeah, um, that that's what we got for video game news. Just some uh, hilarious FF situations. Um, let's go on and move on into the manga stuff. Um, I'm actually going to go over kind of like a smaller... Se- I wouldn't say it's a series, but it's more of like a collection of, of smaller stories. So um, the manga recommendation this week is Tatsuki Fujimoto's um, Before Chainsaw Man series. Um, if anybody is ever interested in like reading what a one shot would be, um, a one shot is a essentially like a short manga story that kind of either pitches like a person's idea or it's just usually a short story that is um submitted for con- like contests and competitions. We um, get them a lot in the in the American Western comic world where it's literally just a single issue with a single self-contained story that you don't have yeah. to be like reading an extensive series for you can like watch it and be like oh or not watch it you can read it and be like oh i got a complete story i'm good yeah and those are usually the way how like most people will like enjoy what what they get out of it and understand like this is how the story is supposed to work um and it's all self-contained. That's the, that's the fun part about it. Um, but um, Tatsuki Fujimoto's Before Chainsaw Man series is a collection of these one-shots that he did before Chainsaw Man was approved. Um, so it really does show like kind of the evolution of a uh, of, of the artist. Um, Fujimoto has done a lot of really great stuff more and more recently. Um, right now, clearly their biggest thing is Chainsaw Man. Um, which is still, you know, continuing on with the manga adaptation. There's still a lot um, that still needs to be adapted. So we have all of that. Um, but um, this, these collections of short stories also go over like things um, that would be closer to like Fire Punch, which is something that he was working on as well, um, as well as like smaller, like fun stories that like you wouldn't normally expect coming out of. Um, a guy with a crazy mind like Tatsuki Fujimoto. Um, for example, there's actually in the second one, there's there's two books. There's us uh, t- seventeen through there's seventeen through twenty one, and then there's twenty two through twenty five. 
um, which are just, once again, short collections of books. Um, in the second one, in 22 through 25, there's a story called, um, like, The Song of the Mermaid or something like that. Um, and it is literally a story that Tatsuki Fujimoto wrote out of spite because they <laughs> said, oh, he always makes, they're like, my editor said that I can't make a normal romance. So I made a normal romance. <laughs> and it's about like a kid who teaches a mermaid how to play piano underwater, even though mermaids are dangerous. Mm. Um, and you're like, oh, that's cute. And he's like, at the very end, he's like, yeah, they, they said I couldn't do it. So I did it. Uh, and all of his other ones are like very much typical, like what you would expect out of Tatsuki Fujiboto, where it's like, yeah, this is this is typical weird stuff, but you kind of expect and enjoy whatever they're giving you. So, um, yeah, if you really do want to see like the creative mind behind Chainsaw Man and kind of the range that Tatsuki Fujimoto is working with, I would highly recommend it. Um, the cool thing about it is that Fujimoto, if you guys ever do like do a deep dive on him as a as an artist, um, really loves his movies. He's one. He's a cinephile he's he loves like studying movies and like the plots that go behind movies um which is the reason why like the chainsaw man opening is literally a series of like rotoscoped uh like scenes from movies um it's because tatsuki fujimoto loves like certain frames so um you got to give him credit for that um it is a lot of fun just to like read over these short stories and these are kinds of things that would be submitted for like competition and like these the way how they develop themselves as mangaka and to create a little short story that people can still enjoy um and it's really cool that like we're getting them kind of published out this way because normally like artists will keep that to themselves unless they're showing it for a competition um but Fujimoto is like, hey, I'm going to give you guys these resources to go ahead and look at. Um, like Chainsaw Man was not just born Chainsaw Man immediately. Like you could see mm -hmm. the grind and what exactly they were they were working with. So um, if you guys want a good variety of stories and just kind of want to peek into the mind of the guy who made Chainsaw Man, uh, would highly recommend reading the Before Chainsaw Man series. Um, there's only two books out right now. It's 17 through 21 and then 22 through 26. Um, so make sure to go pick them up um, and yeah, enjoy the stories that are, that are in there. All right. And then uh, moving on into more modern stuff, we're going to go ahead and hop into the new releases of the week. Um, this week, there are a couple of them. Um, we'll go into what we have this week and then i'll also give you a heads up of what to look for next week um all right so this week we have skip and lover seven um a typical rom-com does have an anime adaptation adaptation out right now if you guys do want to go ahead and catch that um we have colorless four which is a manga about a dystopian world where color doesn't exist and the little splashes of color in the actual manga is used for power um and the sake of uh being a superpower is to be able to use color um and last but not least is if you guys like the creepy short stories uh ptsd radio volume three is coming out um ptsd radio is seriously like a collection of short stories um have horror elements to it 
if you guys like that kind of like creepy late night radio vibe this is the one to go ahead and pick up um, i do i have a lot of like the creepy late night radio vibe yeah so i i would recommend picking up ptsd radio um it's out three volumes right now um i would recommend like if you if you can get a glimpse of like what the first couple like series is like um i would recommend reading like maybe if you ever go into a Barnes and Nobles and find a PTSD radio, just like flip to a random page and then like each short story is about like two or three pages each. So you you go through it and like you're just like in just absorbed into what's going on. And then there's like a mini, I won't say a jump scare, but there's like one really good panel that like sends shivers down your spine and you're just like, oh, and they're not interconnected at all. They're little vignettes. Um, of like things that happen um the crazy thing about the artist here um literally crazy um is that ptsd radio the author was creating the fourth one i think and literally checked themselves into an asylum because they thought that the things that they were drawing were happening to them um so yeah if you want that extra bit of background uh feel <laughs> free to enjoy the series um that's we one way have, to sell your horror series. It it is it was a wild story. They were saying like yeah, uh, PTSD radio on indefinite hiatus until the artist feels better, and we're like oh, <laughs> that's kind of creepy. Um, but it is a good way to like if you do want to get spooked, PTSD radio, um, go and pick it up. They are two in one volumes, so um, here in the states, so one volume is is two volumes from japan and they are creepy um so yeah definitely uh pick that up if that is your cup of tea um moving on into next week um we have a couple of really interesting ones um the main one for me was zombie uh zombie 100 volume 10 um which is the um it it's a 10th series 10th book in the zombie 100 series where it's like the the bucket list of 100 things i want to do um before i turn myself into a zombie um that has been a very fun series for me at least um it's written by the same guy who did um alice in borderland so there is like the end of the world like dystopian sad like vibe with it but it's really done in a great like comedy setting where the character is like I have been worse. I've been through worse uh, going through the corporate ladder. So uh, I'm going to have fun now. And um, instead of him stressing out about like, I'm going to go die here. This is going to be the end of my life. Um, they decide to go out and enjoy life a little bit and uh, say, these are the things I'm going to do uh, before I die. So um, a lot of fun stuff there. Um, the next one that is on the list is under Ninja. If you guys are interested in that series, um, want to figure out what an urban ninja would look like. Um, Under Ninja is the way to go. Um, Under Ninja 2 is coming out. And now for the ridiculously long title, yet the most uh, interesting one that I've seen on the list. It is Reborn as a Vending Machine, so now I wonder the dungeon manga volume 1 is coming out. Um, essentially, um, in Isekai, where you become a vending machine and uh, make sure that that uh adventurers don't die of dehydration that that's a manga now um <laughs> yeah 
that that's what we got coming up next week. Um, if you guys are interested in that, uh, definitely go ahead and pick it up. If you guys are looking for looking to get your hands on these manga, um, before they really like, like hit the release date, um, always check Barnes and Nobles. They tend to have it in a little bit earlier if they are printed ahead of time. Um, so yeah, that that's a couple of things that you got to keep in mind. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm I'm mainly trying to look for, believe it or not, if anybody has ever seen a version of Shangri La Frontier Book Five, please let me know. I have not been able to find it. Is that something you could like have them order for you, like at Barnes and Noble or at um? What's the manga place that I can't remember? Oh, Kino Kino Kuniya. Yeah, Kino Kuniya. Um, yes, but I've had my um, I've had my inside. I wouldn't say insider, but like I've had a a friend of mine who works at Kino, and they're like, "Yeah, we haven't gotten our shipment in either." And I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." So yeah, we we don't know if uh, if the manufacturer is behind or if it's other things. So, um. Yeah, I I I want to if if it comes out and it's just out in the wild, please let me know. Um, I I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Um, hopefully they'll have it before the twenty third. Um, that is a big day for manga, and um, I'm personally getting prepared and ready for that weekend. The um, just to let you guys know on the. The weekend of the 26th through the 28th, which is Memorial Day weekend, um, I will be back at Fanime. Um, so if you guys want to say hi to me uh, and hang out with hang out with me, feel free to chat me up uh, while I'm over there. Um, I'm going to be casting Valorant on Sunday, the Valorant finals on Sunday, and I'm casting Puyo Puyo Tetris of all things on Friday. So hey. that's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I was telling my friends, I was like, I'm excited to go to the con, but I know that the 26th will be the day that not only do I cast and I get to, um, like the actual venue, but it's also the day that I'm going to go to the, uh, go and pick up my manga. So I told them like, yeah, I'm going to go in, pick up all the books from the 23rd. And I have like this huge stack of like seven books that I need to pick up. And they're like, okay. Um, but yeah, um, keep your eyes peeled for a lot of newer series. We will give you that update heading into next week um, about what books at least I'm picking up and what's coming up on the horizon. Um, there is quite a bit. So uh, definitely keep your eyes open for those. Well, it looks like we're at the end of this week's episode, Kevin. And you know what that means? Uh, I I think so. It's is time for for tip. Yep, it's time for us to ask you for life advice that you may or may not be qualified to give, but we ask you for it anyway. Oh, okay. Um, we'll we'll try our best here. Um, alrighty. Uh, let's see. What 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 can I tell you? Um, what's the best way to not get ghosted at the zoo, or not ghosted, uh, stood up at the zoo? Oh yeah. Um. Pet the animals, I guess. Just... 
That's how you become a ghost at the zoo. Yeah, there you go. You might as well. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not telling you to pet the animals. Don't put your hand in the cage. Uh, that's that's not good. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like for the most part, it is just going to be, in enjoy life. Read read what you can. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna die with my books, knowing knowing how this is going. Uh, but yeah. Um. I don't know. Read read stuff that's outside of your your normal knowledge base. I I would not have found a lot of really interesting manga if I just stayed in the signing shonen genre. I've been expanding out into reading like more romance stuff recently. So, um, yeah, Ex- expand your genres. It will it will pay off later. Alrighty, thank you for that advice, Kevin. Not sure what it has to do with me and my zoo date, but it's a good advice nonetheless. Get out of your comfort zone. Um, and with that, everybody... Date a zoo animal. <laughs> okay, so I went... So just as a side thing, like, there was one really, really cute zoo keeper there. Oh, okay, I, I was about to say, if you said animal, no, I would have been like, oh, buddy. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> think of the word for zoo animal. I couldn't think of the word for zookeeper, but like... And I was like, oh, she's really cute. And then I left. And then I told my friends, like, oh, yeah, I got stood up. But there was this really cute zookeeper. And, like, did you ask for her number? And I'm like, no, I left. And, like, wow, you're an idiot. So I might, like, my friends are like, one of my friends who I do Mars on Life with, I'm like, okay, we're going to go back and record an episode at the zoo just so I can see if she's there and just so I can ask. But I've I've had we'll that, see if that whole happens. thing. We were We were discussing this as, like, my final going away like celebration with the people who I used to work with. And they're mm-hmm. like, Kevin, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe go to an arcade. And then everybody's like, let's go to the zoo. <laughs> like, There's no zoo close to us. And they're like, I'll drive. It doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> like, it's my going away party. We got, let, let me pick. And they're like, we're going to the zoo. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, we might be randomly going to the zoo. We don't know. Nice. Don't pet the tigers or the lions. Don't pet the tigers. Don't go into the, they got, don't go into the gorilla enclosure. We don't need another Harambe. They say they say uh if it got teeth, don't don't get anywhere near it. Don't trust it. I don't trust anything with teeth. So the birds are okay then. Birds are all right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and please stay safe at the zoo if and when you go. Catch you soon. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.